Good. All right, um, why don't you open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 10 through 25. And um, yeah, I was just uh, thinking, I don't, you know, I get a, the opportunity to preach every once in a while, and, you know, um, we've been going through this series in 1 Corinthians about the church, and uh, so I was looking for messages, and, and um, yeah, this book is really actually, uh, it's kind of neat. Um, like when you actually like look through the entire book, it's like there's so much division going on. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've said this to my uh, college group uh, before we became one small group with another small group. But uh, I feel like I said this to them a million times. But uh, when you look at the Bible, it's like I don't know. I feel like it, as a church, we look at the Bible like in a weird way. We like look at it like um, a dictionary or an encyclopedia a lot of times. And, um, and when we do that, like, we kind of, like, ruin the entire book. Because, like, this book has a story, and, uh, you know, it only makes sense if we understand, like, the books of the Bible according to this big story that's going on. You know, so, you know, I, tell, I always tell my college guys, um, you know, it's like, when you read, like, Harry Potter, it's like, you know what each book is about. And you know how this drama of Harry Potter and Voldemort is, like, unfolding, like, with each book. You know, so, like... In the first book, you kind of, you know, you know it, it's about the Sorcerer's Stone and, like, you know, you learn about these characters. And then, you know, like, but then you don't confuse that with that being the last book or that being the, the middle book. You know that's the first book and there's something that goes on there that's important to the story that happens in the first book. And, uh, you know, when you read Corinthians, it's like, you know, and when we look at the Bible, do we, like, recognize that about the different books that we're reading? You know, it's like, First Corinthians, where does, where does that play in this whole drama that's happening of sin and, and Jesus and all this stuff that's happening? You know, and so, so I, like, encourage them. It's important. Like, through this narrative of, you know, this, this big, huge problem that this world has of, of us dying and having no hope, you know, and Jesus coming, like, where, where does this book play into? Or what is this book about? You know, and as we kind of categorize these books in our mind, it really helps. Um, really helps. And, um, you know, I'll encourage you, or, you know, I'll, I'll kind of just say it. Um, you know, Corinthians, there's, it, it's basically about divisions in the church, like the entire book. It's like divisions, divisions, divisions. Like, if you've been doing your quiet times and following along, um, it, it, it'll open up, like, this whole different bag of stuff if you realize that, you know, Paul is just addressing division after division after division, like, whether it's, you know, sexuality or headship or spiritual gifts. It's just division after division after division and how to unify the church. You know, so it's like, you know, to me, that's like kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I want to encourage you before we read this. You know, just kind of think about Corinthians in that way. There's, there's something going on here. You know, it's, it's not like an encyclopedia where you just kind of put this and, okay, okay I got this passage. But, but there's a story that happens through the whole thing and flows. Okay, so First Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, I mean, chapter 1, verse 10 through 25. Let's read this together. It says, uh, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each, of, each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you are baptized in my name. 
I did baptize also the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. Uh, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the sermon of the discerning I will thwart. Uh, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish uh, the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jew and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, uh, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. All right, let me pray one more time. Uh, God, we thank you for your word, uh, which is foolishness in many ways, uh, but it is the power of God. It is uh, what leads to salvation. It is what leads to a relationship with you. And I pray that... um, we can learn about division and the unity that you desire in this church uh, and in churches uh, all across the world. And uh, we pray that we would be people that are peacemakers, that are uh, willing to be foolish for your gospel. And uh, God, we pray, uh, be with us now and uh, just transform our minds. Uh, and in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, let's look at this passage. All right, uh, verse 10. I love this. Okay, verse 10. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, when, when I hear that phrase, when I hear, like, in the name of the Lord Jesus, like, what do you usually associate with that? Right? I always think of, like, exorcism movies, right? In the name of Jesus, I cast you out, demon. Right? Because you only hear that phrase. Like, that you rarely hear that phrase. You rarely hear Su Song say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, let us open up our worship service, or something like that, right? We don't hear that that often. It's like reserved for those like really serious times. Okay, so when you hear, in the name of the Lord Jesus, usually in, in like my mind, I'm like, okay, demon, go away, right? And it's like exorcism, like this person's head's turning around, right? Because it's serious. Like you hear that when it's serious stuff, okay? And in this passage, this is serious stuff. Okay, divisions in the church is serious stuff. Um, uh, Paul is, uh, in, in writing this letter to the Corinthians, he's cutting straight to the chase. Right? If you look at it, this is chapter 1, verse 10. Okay? So um, he's like, um, right away he's commanding these people, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So it's just like, you know, he, do- he doesn't beat around the bush. He just goes straight to the, straight to the point. Like, I- I'm a person, I beat around the bush. Like, when I have to confront some- somebody... Like, I'm like, oh, how are you doing? And then we'll talk for, like, an hour. And then, like, eventually, like, you know, how have you been? You know, and, like, hopefully they'll, like, tell me about something. You know, and, like, I beat around the bush. Okay, so if you ever want counseling and, and just go to someone else. Sue Sung's direct, so talk to him. All right, if you, if you just want to talk for an hour or two and beat, have me beat around the bush, all right, talk to me. Okay, but, uh, but Paul doesn't beat around the bush. Okay, he, he just does the, you know, hi, this is Paul, grace and peace, uh, it's good to see you all. Okay, now in the name of the Lord Jesus, this is what you need to do, because right, you have a serious problem going on in your church. 
All right, so uh, what does he say? All right, I'm going to break this message up into uh, what to do, why we need to do it, and how to do it. Okay, so that's basically all there is to it. Very simple. What to do, why we need to do it, and how to do it. Okay, so the first, what, what to do, all right, is very simply, uh, coming from verse 10, uh, agree and let there be no division among you. Right? Be united in the same mind and judgment. Okay, and, and this is serious stuff. Again, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, agree. Let there be no divisions among you. Be united in the same mind and judgment. Okay, so what this is saying is, um, you know, it's easy to get divided. It's easy to get distracted. There's so many things in this world that divide and distract us. But keep the main thing the main thing. Be united under the gospel. Keep the main thing the main thing. I want us to consider this command at three different levels. I want us to consider this command at three different levels. Um, first, as the church. Okay. Secondly, as a community group. Right. And thirdly, at a personal level. Okay. So as we go through this message, I want you to consider at those three different levels. As a church, as a community group that you might be a part of, right? and sort of at a personal level. Okay, because that's kind of like the three modes that we sort of operate in this church. Okay, so as we talk about this, you know, consider, like, how is a church, how are we divided? Or maybe in our small group or community group, how, am I, how are we divided? Or maybe in my personal you know, life, maybe my, with my wife or my kids. How, what, is, what is dividing me or us? Uh, what is keeping me from being united in the same mind and judgment under the cross, under the gospel? Okay, so think about that, and we're going to talk about that in three different ways. Okay, so uh, looking at that phrase, all right, let's break it up and, and kind of look into it a little bit. All right, first of all, let there be no division among you. All right, what is so sinful, what is so uh, bad about divisions in the church? All right, divisions. All right, uh, I, there, there's tons of reasons why divisions are um, you know, sinful, all right, but, but uh, let me just kind of bring out three. All right, first of all, uh, when there are divisions in the church, it's very disruptive to the mission of the church. Right? The main thing no longer becomes the main thing. Um, I've been a part of churches, um, you know, my, my, my home church that I grew up with, um, they, when I was growing older, they, they had a church split. Right? And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of fighting over um, the pastor versus the elders, and these, this women's group would, like, protest the elders meetings and like it was, just, it was just bizarre and crazy over like something that like hardly made any sense right and um and uh, i remember talking to my mom about it and she was like you know i've been friends with these people for 30 years and all of a sudden we're enemies and it, it just doesn't make sense and, and i know um you know in this church um you you went through something similar a number of years ago Right? And it's crazy. It's crazy. She's like, just like, just amazed that for 30 years I've been, I grew up with these people. It was like, it was like uh, my home church was a very family church, very much like uh, this church is, and and grew up together, and our kids grew up together, and now we're just totally divided. Right? Um, I remember visiting my friend's church in Chicago, um, and uh, we we visited them, and they had a picnic at the park afterwards. So I was like, oh, cool, free food. Um, so um, I, we went to the picnic. Right? And, um, and as I was sitting there talking to the members of their church, right, some of them approached me and were talking, and they're like, so how did you like the pastor's message? Was it, was it bad? What didn't you like about it? Right? And I was like, what is going on here? Right? They're, they're like, uh, and basically what was going on was 
Um, their church, like some of the members, didn't like the pastor anymore. So they were coming to me, a guest, and looking for fuel to fuel their fire of why the pastor is bad and why they should leave the church and why. And I was like, really? I was like, man. I was like, this, and that was like literally within like the first five minutes of talking to them, they just went straight to that. Like, what didn't you like about the pastor's message? What was it? Well, wasn't it bad? Wasn't it? Didn't you not like this? I'm like, geez, this is bad. Okay. Um, when this kind of stuff happens, right? When there's divisions in the church, you know, how effective is a church in spreading the gospel? Right? I'll, I'll tell you, my home church, when it was going through that split, it was like, almost zero effectiveness. Right? There, there's no effectiveness. Like, you know, when I visited that church, like, and I was just thinking in my mind, like, I prayed for that church a lot. How would they be in spreading the gospel? If I was like a, not a Christian or someone just coming back to church uh, after being away from church for a long time and they uh, like came to me like that, how effective would they be in preaching the gospel or spreading the gospel? It's like almost zero. It's, it's a terrible place to be. Okay, so uh, uh, divisions. Right? It's very disruptive to the mission of the church. It's a very sinful. Uh, secondly, um, under Christ, we're supposed to be a literal family. Okay, uh, why, why is uh, division so sinful? Because we're supposed to be a family. Okay, um, um, you know, to me, when I think of, like, problems and stuff that hurts my heart, like, I really feel like uh, family problems are the, the worst problems. Right? Family heartaches are the worst heartaches. Um, like you know, when you when I hear about people, um, you know that you know they, they can't they, they don't get along with their in laws, or uh, they're having marriage problems, or uh, you know maybe their parents don't get along and they're always fighting. Like those are the worst. Right? Those are the worst because those are like the most obvious things where you look at them and you see it's not supposed to be like that. Right? And you recognize this is not the way the family is supposed to be. Right? And this is the same thing of the church. Okay? When we are under Christ, right? when Christ brings us under him, when we become born again, it's, it's, we're being born again into a family of Christ. Okay? And we need to recognize that when we, when we have divisions, when we have problems in the church, right? whether it's in our community groups, whether it's just with the relationship with another person, we have to recognize this is not the way it's supposed to be in the church. Right? This is not the way it's supposed to be in the church. Right? Under Christ, we're supposed to be a literal family. And when there's divisions in the family, those uh, should be the biggest heartaches. Right? Those are terrible things. Right? Thirdly, um, we're ambassadors of the gospel. Right? We're literally ambassadors of the gospel. Um, I was looking up some news articles, and one of them I came across was uh, recently this year, there's this uh, ambassador to Belgium, the U.S. ambassador to Belgium, his name is Howard Gutman. Right, there were allegations that he um, there were allegations that he was into prostitution. He was, he was hiring prostitutes, and some of these prostitutes were like children. Okay, um, which is terrible, right? Um, it's like it's it's bad, right, as a person. But then, like all the people of Belgium, right, they don't just look at Howard Gutman and say, "Hey, he's such a bad man," right? They look at the entire United States now, and they're like man, what is wrong with that country? Because right? he's the ambassador. Okay, so uh, when we create division, right, when we do things that are you know, messed up, right, we aren't just representing ourselves, right, but people look at us right, and see the whole church, and they see Christ, and they see all of Christianity, and they're like, what is wrong with Christians? Okay, you might be in this room, 
And you might not be a Christian, or you might be someone who is kind of skeptical of the church, uh, because you knew some Christians, and, and they were just, they didn't, like, you know, they represented something really bad and poorly. They represented Christianity very poorly. Okay, and now you have, um, you know, a, a skeptical view of the church. Right? And you're right to have that, that skeptical view because, you know, when we as Christians say we're Christians and we live something that's not the gospel, all right, then you have every right to look at us skeptically and be skeptically and say, what, what is wrong with Christianity? Okay, I encourage you to look beyond that person or beyond those people that you knew right, and find uh, what real Christianity is you know, under Christ. Okay, but we're ambassadors of the gospel. Okay, and, and when we uh, screw that up, right, that, that's sinful. When we create division, right, that, that, uh, it, it's, it's a very bad thing. Okay, so uh, let there be no division among you, right, because it's a terrible, sinful thing when, we, when that happens. Okay, be united in the same mind and judgment. All right, let's look at that. All right, be united in mind and judgment. All right, um, uh, being united in mind and judgment Right, isn't something that just happens magically because we're Christians. Right? When we become Christians, there's not this like, like fairy dust, and then like, all of a sudden everyone's unified. Right? It's, it's not something that magically happens. Right? It's something that needs to be actively worked towards. Right? It's hard work. Right? But when it does happen, it's very magical. Okay? It's very magical. It's, okay? Again, uh, being united in mind and judgment, it's not something that happens magically. But it's something that needs to be worked on. We need to spend our energy, sweat, blood, sweat, tears, right, working towards this unity. Right? But when it does happen, it is very magical. Right, let me explain it to you in two different ways. Okay, first, uh, first one in a, in a worldly scenario uh, so that all of us can understand. Okay? Um, I always find it amazing that uh, when natural or some, some, any kind of disaster happens, right, you, see, like, you see a lot of beauty. Right? Like something terrible happens, but at, like through it, you see a lot of beauty. Okay, so uh, for example, um, whether it be 9/11 or Katrina or Earth, uh, whatever disasters in Haiti, like these these things are terrible, right? But then you see the best of America. Right? You see people, you know, like again, like their their mind and their judgment become singular. Right, we got to help these people. Right? And, and all the divisions that divided them before, they disappear. All the race, the color, socioeconomic class, all this stuff disappears, and all you see is people helping people. Right? And it's, it's beautiful. Like you, you hear you know, in 9-11, you heard about firefighters from all across the country traveling to New York to help dig people out. And, and, and it's just like you look at that, and you're like, this, this is what makes me so proud to be an American, to see this. You know, it's like I even feel it right now. I feel like little chills, right? Because that was beautiful, right? Like when, when Katrina happened, you heard about church groups and all these people from all over the country sending aid, driving down south, and they don't even have a plan yet, but all they know is they just need to drive down there and help people, right? And you see beauty because what happens, right? Their mind and judgment become united. One thing is important. You know, that car or that job, that girlfriend, boy, all that stuff, you know, it's, it's important, but, you know, I'm going to put that to the side. There's one thing that's important right now, and that's helping people. Right? And when that happens, right, when people put effort towards that, right, it becomes magical. Right, within the church, right, it's even more magical than what happens in the world. 
right? It's even more magical because of, uh, um, because of the, the, the eternality of the work that we're doing, because of the power of the gospel that's going on behind what we're doing. Okay? And um, you know, maybe some of you guys have been part of uh, missions trips where you've gone and, and you've seen God work in, in miraculous ways as the church becomes united. Um, I was actually uh, sitting with a pastor uh, from a different church this week, and uh, we were having coffee, and we were talking about our ministries, and, and I was sharing with him um, our bishop missions trip that we have every year. Right? And I was sharing how, you know, during this trip, you know, like there's, there's the Korean ministry side and there's the English ministry side, and we're all working together under one purpose, and the language issue doesn't matter. And, you know, some of our most important missionaries are from the, the Sunday school. And, and you know, and, and I was like literally telling them, I'm not saying that just to be like joking, like they came, but they came and, and you know, like Pastor Susang's little Elizabeth, she was one of our most important missionaries. She was dividing, breaking walls with the Native Americans left and right. Like her charm was just melting everyone. Okay, you know, she, she made uh, us approachable to so many people, right? And, and, and this is magical. That, you know, when we put the effort towards this and when we unify our mind and judgment towards, you know, this is gospel. This is, this is what we're doing. We're going to become a Jesus-centered family for these people. Right? We're going to become a Jesus-centered family for ourselves. And, and we're going to forget about the fact that, you know, you can hardly speak a lick of English. We're going to forget about the fact that, you know, we, we hardly talk to you. We're going to forget about all that stuff, all the divisions, and we're just going to go and do this mission for Jesus. Right? And it's an amazing thing. And I encourage you, you know, Think about next year and go. Right? See what Christ is doing through this mission. And, 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 and as I was saying that, he was very jealous, to say the least, right? to see what's happening in this church. Right? The, that, even that small piece of unity was amazing to him. He was just in awe of what God was doing through unity. Right? In, that, in that. Okay. Um, um, uh, maybe at uh, retreats, like you go on retreats, like you know, and, and a lot of times retreats are a very blessing time. Why is it a blessing time? Right, because you're leaving behind all the things that divide you, all your work, all your, uh, you know, all the worries of the world, and you're just leaving it behind, and you're becoming singular-minded in mind and judgment towards worshiping Christ. Okay, and, and as we become singular-minded, it becomes magical in a lot of respects. Right, but but it takes work to get there. Right, you got to fight to get, get away. Okay, but again, so again, um, agree. Let there be no division among you. Be united in the same mind and judgment. Okay, so that's what to do. Right, that's what to do. Why, why do we need to do it? Okay, why do we need to do it? Uh, let's look at verses 11 through 17. Okay, uh, it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you. Uh, my brother is what I mean is that some say, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, I follow Christ. Okay, so basically what's going on here is it's silly. All right? It's very silly in a lot of respects. Okay? But uh, you know, there, there's divisions because these people are saying they follow a different person and you know, they've been baptized by Apollos or they were baptized by Paul or they were baptized by uh, you know, whoever else it might have been that they were baptized. And you know, they're probably saying, you know, uh, you know, what I know is superior or what you know. You know we should be doing it this way because you know, I talk to Paul directly and this is the way he does things and this is the way he does his ministry. And you, know, you, just, you just were led by Apollos. He, he didn't know as much, right? And there's this division, 
Okay, and the interesting thing about division is I find that a lot of times division um, from the outside, when you're looking at it from the outside and you see someone else's division or whatever they're quarreling over, a lot of times it's very silly, like what people fight over. Right? Um, you know, um, I was looking up um, top 10 lists of what married couples fight over. Right? And a lot of those things are very silly. Like on, on uh, number eight, it was like, who puts the toilet paper roll on? Okay? Or, or like, you know, like who takes the trash out? Like for newlywed couples, like, you know, when you're newlywed, did you fight over this kind of stuff? Right? And, and, you know, I, I know people that, you know, they, they kind of struggle over it. They just, you know, the trash kind of overflows and then it overflows more. And then it's kind of like this chess game to see who can, like, last the longest without taking it out, right? Until they, you know, and, and it's silly that what we fight over, okay? And that, and that can be cause for all kinds of problems. Who's, and which way does the toilet paper roll go? This way or under? It's like, like you know, Esther and I, we both agree that it goes over, so I knew she was the one right away. <laughs> okay, this is from God. Okay, so, uh, but, but we fight over the silliest things. Okay, from the outside, it's like a lot of times the problems we fight over are, aren't very serious, but we let it really get to us. Okay, and, and, and that's not to say there aren't serious problems. Okay, many times there are serious problems, but um, a lot of times, all right, they're not. Okay, they're, they're kind of silly. And in this case, it's kind of silly. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Christ. All right, it's, it's a silly problem when you look at it from the outside. Okay, um, uh, what divides us? Okay, when we look at our church, what divides us? Okay, there, there's probably plenty of things that divide us. I just listed a couple. Um, the first is uh, what divides us in this church, All right? Maybe uh, what divides us is um, our, our language. Okay, that, that side of the church, they speak Korean. Um, my side, or our side of the church, we speak English, right? My, my best Korean is uh, asking where the bathroom is and asking for money, all right? I'm good, at, I'm good at Korean when it comes to that stuff, okay? But, but that's not applicable, so I can't go over there and do ministry like that, okay? But, so there's like a big divide, okay? There's a big divide, okay? In, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our Thanksgiving service, like uh, that was announced, November 24th, okay? And, and, and what I've noticed about these services is a lot of times um, there's about half as many EM people at those services than a normal Sunday service. That's just, you know, um, kind of what I see. I don't know if it's just because we're all spread out and it's hard to, like, really see how many people are there. But it always feels like there's a lot less of us over there when that happens. Okay, why is that? Okay, and, and there's a lot of good reasons for that. Okay, there's a lot of wise reasons why it doesn't make sense for us to have that kind of service. Okay? Um, you know, you could say, you know, when you have a Korean and English service and, and they half the service is in Korean and half the service is in English, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's stupid because, you know, we have people in here that aren't even Korean and they're going to sit in there and they're not going to understand half the service and it's just going to be boring for them. So it just doesn't work. So, like, why should they even show up to that kind of service? Um, you know, you could say, uh, you know, when you have to translate half the service in English and half the service in Korean, um, it's just really clunky, you know, and it's just, it doesn't flow, right? You could say, you know, when I go to that kind of service, I just, I don't learn anything. I'm not being fed. Like, I feel like it's just, it's just plain out boring to, to, to say it flatly, okay? And, and we have a lot of good reasons why that kind of service, like, we, sh- we just don't want to participate in that, okay? And that divides us. Okay, maybe in this room, okay, what divides us? Uh, age, maybe, something that divides us. 
Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of you that are married and have kids, all right? And then there's like a handful of us, or you guys, that are like single, all right? And there's even less of you college guys around right now, okay? And, and those are like clear dividing lines, okay? Um, you know, very different life stages. Like if you were in college and you used to have to hang out with really old people that have kids, it's like, it's weird, right? If you remember that, it's weird, Okay, and, and some of us with older people with married people don't like hanging out with these younger kids. They listen to weird music and they dress weird and, and they talk weird and they say weird stuff, okay? Um, and we just don't understand them, okay? So, uh, you know, these things divide us, uh, you know? Um, so we got to think about that, all right? Um, uh, what else divides? Community group, okay? I found, like, when all, we were doing our college community group, uh, a lot of times what divided us you know, we'd always be, or I would always send out invitations, like, let's go out to eat dinner before. And it's just like, if you don't choose the right place, like, a lot of people don't come. You know, it's like, really? It's like, if we go to pho, you're not going to come because you don't like pho? Really? Okay, or, you know, if we go bowling, you're not going to come because you don't like bowling? Like, real? Like, is that really the level of, you know, uh, okay, so anyways, like there's, there, there's stuff that divides. Or maybe you think like, you know, I've been to community group and it's just, it's kind of boring. Like we come and no one really does their quiet time. So we kind of share and it doesn't, you know, it's just, and then we pray. And, and when we do our prayer things, like somebody talks for like forever and it's like an hour and a half long because it just, it takes so long. And, uh, you know, and it's like, it's just boring, you know, and, and that divides us. Okay, and there's, there's a lot of things that divide us. Okay, so, um, you know, why do we need to do this? Because there's so many things that divide us. We need to be, learn how to agree and be united in something. Okay, so how do we do this? Okay, this is the important part. How, how do we do that? How do we overcome these, these obstacles? Okay, because um, there's a lot of wisdom of this world. Okay, uh, you know, we can try different, like, you know, business tactics. Um, you know, we can go to, uh, like, retreat camps and do team building. We can try all these different worldly methods that are, that are really wise, and those are helpful, okay? But there's something uh, about what Paul teaches here uh, that it's different, okay? That's different. Okay, let's look at verse 18. Let's look at verse 18, okay? And, uh, you know, as you read this, um, you know, another little tip about reading the Bible is, you know, these, the, uh, the Bibles, uh, the ESV, NIV, they're, they're like, they, they have these little like headings over passages and sometimes those are like helpful because they like kind of you know show you what a passage is about but sometimes they kind of are unhelpful because they kind of break up the passage and then you think this is about two different things because a lot of times like you know verse 18 is is a pretty popular verse pretty common verse that you hear a lot you know for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of god okay but you got to realize that this is 100% 100% attached to what's happening before this. And what's happening before this is divisions in the church. Right? And again, the entire book of 1 Corinthians right, is all attached to this. Okay? Even if you look a couple of chapters beyond this, this is all attached. Okay? Um, I can prove this to you. Uh, just look at the very last verse of chapter 1. It says, So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Okay, what is that talking about? It's talking about these divisions that happen with Apollos, or I follow Christ, or I follow Paul. These people are boasting because I follow these different people, right? And, and he's concluding this chapter with, let the one who boasts, boast in Christ. Okay, we're all one. Okay, so this whole chapter is about this topic. It's not divided uh, as much as you might think. Okay, so uh, verse 18. 
Okay, verse 18 leads directly into this. Okay, so there's divisions. All right, now he's talking about the word of the cross. Okay, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God made, uh, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Okay, I'll stop there. But what's it saying? It's saying, when it, become, when it comes to unity, right, there is a foolishness that makes it work. Right, I entitled this message, Foolish Unity, because that's what this unity is. Right? It doesn't make sense. Right, it doesn't make sense. Right, it, is, it is not the discernment of the wise to give grace in many situations. Okay? Um, uh, let, let's, look at, let, let's look at one example of foolishness that we touched upon last week. Right? And let it, uh, we'll use that to teach us or inform us how, how we look at this under the cross. Like, how does this foolishness work? Okay? Uh, last week, when Pastor Susan was preaching, right, there was one piece of utter foolishness. Not, not that you know, it was foolish, but it, just, it didn't make sense. Right? Uh, and that, come, that came from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, right, verse 7, where it was talking about all right, these, these believers were suing other believers. Okay, and, and verse uh, 7 said, let me read this to you. It says, The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you have been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Okay, that, that's foolishness. That's stupid. Right? If someone told you, like, okay, you, you let someone borrow your car, they crash your car, Right? And, and they don't pay you any money, but they have money. Right? And, and, and Paul comes up to you and says, you know, I see that you're taking them to, to, to court. Right? That means you have been completely defeated already. Wouldn't you rather be wronged? Wouldn't you rather be cheated than let your testimony of Christ come out, you know, be before the world and say you're suing this other Christian brother? brother that doesn't make any sense, Right? Like, if someone came up to me and said, you know, this person crashed a car, and they owe me money, and they have money, but they won't give me money, I would be like, go get your money, right? Go to the court. I know this lawyer, his name's Doak. He'll help you out, right? Because that's what makes sense. That's the wisdom of the world. That's That's the discernment of the discerning. That's what people are supposed to do. When something is owed to you, you go and get it, right? Whether they're a Christian or not. Okay, but this is fool. This is crazy when you think about what it's saying here. The very fact you have lawsuits among you means you have been completely defeated. You should rather be wronged than try to collect what is yours, right? Even though it's your right, even though you deserve, even though that's the right thing, right? Because right? and what's going on here is Christian is suing Christian, and the Christian suing Christian goes out into the worldly court, right? So all these people are seeing this Christian suing this other Christian. Right, and this testimony of what Christ is and what Christians are and, and what the church is is being destroyed. Okay? We should rather be wronged and cheated than have that happen, right, which is crazy. Okay, so looking at that, looking at that, right? Uh, we need to be foolish under the cross. Okay? The, the person that exemplifies this the most is Jesus. Right? The, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus informs us of a foolishness that is completely counter to this world. There is no one who uh, is 
was more undeserving of death on a cross, there is no one more undeserving of all our sins being put on him right, than Jesus. He didn't deserve any of that, but his foolishness all right, led him straight to the cross, led him to where um, you know, he was wronged beyond wronged. All right, he was cheated beyond cheated all right, for the gospel. Okay, so when we look at our examples, okay, so you're telling me that if I go into, you know, November 24th and I go into that service and I sit there and I'm bored and I don't understand half the service, that that is gospel? That glory? Yes, that's what I'm saying, okay? That it looks like utter foolishness because I have all these reasons why it doesn't work and I have all these explanations. I have all this wisdom of why that doesn't make any sense, okay? But... Behind all of that, if you have this right attitude of let there be no division among you, be united in the same mind, there's a gospel purpose that's greater than my own personal comforts. If you work towards that and you put your blood, sweat, and tears towards that, there's something magical that can come out. Because how do you know what God is doing? How do you know what God is doing behind what, you, what you're doing? Because, you know, you've experienced that. Okay, maybe there's plenty of people that have experienced that. Maybe there's someone in this room that's experienced that. But they walk into that service, and they see all of us there, and they say, wow, I've never been to a church where the, the KM and the EM are united like this. I've never been to a place like that. I've never been to a place where, where you know, they go on missions, and they bring 80-year-olds and 10-year-olds on a missions trip, and everyone's important, and everyone's looked at as if they're doing real ministry. I've never been to a place like that. And, and you know, maybe these people are not Christians. Maybe these people are, you know, just coming back to the church, and, and they've been disenfranchised by all the Christianity they know about, and they see this, and they start coming, and they, they're impacted by the gospel, and their lives are changed, and you don't know. And all it was was you sitting in the service saying, you know, there's a gospel purpose behind this and I want to be united in mind and spirit with these people that I can't even talk to, but I'm going to sit next to them. I'm going to worship God. And we don't know. We don't know. Okay? Uh, um, In our community groups, you might um, not be a bowler, you might not be a pho eater, but... um, you know, it's, it's um, to, to me, it's, to me in my mind, okay, I'm not trying to set up some, like, legalistic thing, like, okay, everyone always go to these things, okay, but to me, it's just, you know, it's like, it, more important than what we eat or what we do is just, for me, it's just being there. Okay, so, you know, whether, uh, you know, and I always say this, uh, you know, especially about um, retreats and games, you know, like, when you have games that are, like, those icebreakers, I hate those icebreakers. Like, they just, uh, they, like, first of all, they tax my brain because it's like, you know, you're either playing, like, the fruit game where you have to memorize, like, all the different people and you have to say stuff really fast. Or, and it, like, taxes my mind and my mind feels warm. Like, my brain heats up and I'm like, this, I'm going to be here to relax. I don't want to think this hard, okay? But, uh, but like, I don't like those games, but it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I do it because, you know, it, it, blesses, it might bless other people. Right? And, and there's people that, you know, I've, I've talked to and they're like, you know, I don't like worship, so I come like, you know, 20 minutes later so I can just skip that part. It's like, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just like, but your presence makes a difference. Um, you know, so, uh, again, uh, for me, it's like, it's not, it's not as much, you know, what it is or what we're doing, but it's just be there. Be there. You know, it's like the silliest things divide us. Like, you know, after church, a lot of times we're a small church and 
Um, you know, the EMs, we're pretty small size. You know, so when we go out to eat, we can all go to the same place, you know, which we should take advantage of because, you know, who knows, in a number of years, we might not be that small. We might not be where we can look at everyone and know everyone's face. And, uh, you know, but right now, it's like we're at the size where, you know, if we want to go out and eat at uh, McDonald's or, you know, somewhere, we can all go together, right? But, but you know, there's been so many situations where it's like, you know, let's go to... Um, you know, this Korean soup place. And then, like, oh, I don't like that. So, like, there's half of us that go here and half of us that go there. And it's like, you know, it's not, it's not like it matters that much. It doesn't matter that much. But to me, it blesses me. So if you want to bless one brother in the church, you can bless me if we all go together. And, and, and that, that glorifies God because I'm blessed. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's neat. You know, because I see people putting aside their preference for other people so we can be together. Because... Because um, at the heart of it, that says to me, you know, being with us together is more important than my own personal preference or my own taste. You know, I just, I want to be with my brothers and sisters. That's the, the that's what I want. Okay. Um, so uh, in community, there's, again, there's so many things that divide us. Um, you know, it's like, it's just, you know, even like there's a football game on. It's really important. I want to go to that. You know, it's like, I'm not saying don't go to football, but, you know, like, if that happens like four times out of four every month, you know, it's like put some priority on your group. Like it's, it's like, again, it takes blood, sweat, and tears to get unity to happen, okay? And, and your small group, again, it might be just like I described, boring, people share too much, prayer goes on forever, right? But, but, right, when you're singular in mind and spirit, right, magical things happen, right? Um, um, uh, last Friday, let me share uh, one example. Last Friday, um, you know, we, we very much had that last Friday, okay, in my, in my community group. Uh, we were all together, and we were, you know, like, uh, John was like, okay, how many of you guys did your quiet times? And everyone, no, everyone was like, you know. So, so we had, like, nothing to share. Okay, so, uh, so but, but uh, you know, the thing that really uh, blessed me that night, okay, we, we went to pray. Okay, and uh, the boys, like usually uh, our, our guys, we're really quick. You know, we're just like, okay, um, blessing, prayer request, blessing, prayer request, blessing, prayer request. Okay, let's go to McDonald's and we'll come back. And the girls will still be going on. Okay, but this week it was taking a while. And we're talking for a while. Okay, and um, uh, some people were sharing their different prayer requests, uh, jobs, family, etc. Okay, and this one brother said, this one brother said, can you tell me more about this? Because I want to pray for you uh, more specifically about this. Okay, can you tell me more? Okay. And, and he went on to share that, um, you know, throughout this year, I have seen God answering prayers. And, and you could see it through what he was saying, that he genuinely believed in the power of prayer through what he was seeing happen through that year. Right? And, he sa- and he was saying, you know, even just last week, I saw two prayers answered. You know, that is magical. Okay, because like right there in that, like how many of you guys want to know someone that believes in the power of prayer and that wants to pray for you? And we all need someone that, that does that, right? Brother or sister, we all need some. I have a friend that believes in the power of prayer and that will pray for me if I ask him. That's magical. Right. He's seen prayer answered, right. and, and I, I feel that same testimony um, with with uh, you know our college small group. We've prayed for jobs and you know just tons of stuff. Right. We're still praying Chris for Chris's wife, so if you want to pray for that, 
Right? We haven't seen that miracle happen yet, but, but we've been praying. Right? It'll happen. Um, but, but prayer after prayer, and, and that's, that's magical. Through all the whatever complaint that you have about community group, all right, there's magic right, that God is doing through gospel, all right, through a gospel judgment, gospel mindset, being united under that. Right? Whether you know, I'm going to work towards this, even though it's hard, even though it doesn't make sense, even though the wisdom of the world says there's other things that are uh, you know, maybe more entertaining, more beneficial, I'm going to believe in this. Right? Whether um, you know, I'm in the wrong age group and all these people are in a different life stage than me, whether there's, you know, uh, you know, I feel like I'm the only person, I'm the only single person in this whole church and there's no one even to marry. How am I going to get married if I stay here? It doesn't even make sense. Right? Gospel, right? I found my wife in the middle of cornfields, right? In the middle of a bunch of 18-year-olds, but God sent me a wife, right? It didn't make any sense, right? Um, but, but that's the way it works, okay? We need to be foolish under the cross. We need to have a foolish unity, right? Uh, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? God made the foolish, uh, foolish. God made foolish the wisdom of this world. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through the wisdom. Through wisdom, it pleased God through folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Okay, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Right? Again, a lot of these things will make no sense. All right? we ha- we're, you guys are very smart people. You work in Silicon Valley. You work for very reputable tech companies. You are smart. You have your logic down. You know what makes things work. Okay? But what they makes things work in the church is being foolish under the cross and trusting Christ's power, the power of the gospel. Okay? Let, me, uh, let me wrap this up. Okay, again, agree. Let there be no division among you. Okay? Um, uh, more emphasis. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, agree. Let there be no division among you. Be united in the same mind in judgment. This same mind in judgment is foolishness. It makes no sense a lot of times. Right? But if you stay under the purpose and, and unity and judgment of the cross, you will see things like you've never seen before. Right? I firmly believe that the church is unlike any organization on this planet. Right? It is more beautiful. It does more good. It shows more love. It shows more grace than any other organization because we have Christ. Because we have the example of Christ. Okay? Culture divides based on age. Culture divides based on culture. We divide based on color. We divide based on music. We divide based on how people dress. We divide based on language. We make divisions under every single thing. Right? But under the cross, we are one. Right? Under the cross, we're all sinners. Under the cross, we're all weak. Under the cross is where we find real unity. Right? It's under the cross right, where we'll be one. It's not in all the fancy programs. It's not in all the fancy music. It's not in, but it's in the work of showing up, loving people because Christ loved us. Okay, why don't we pray? Let me pray. And uh, we'll have the opportunity to exercise our unity in the Lord's Supper, which is going to be cool.
Uh, God, we thank you for uh, Jesus, who being uh, in the very nature of God, did not consider that something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Um, Even dying on a cross so that we could know you. God, we pray that uh, we would be people that equip ourselves with the same mind, with the same judgment that Christ had, that we would uh, put aside our own preferences, put aside our own rights, put aside our own wisdom, uh, that we might have unity under the cross, that uh, we might worship with people that speak a different language, we might love people that are in a different life stage, that we might look beyond all these things and see the purpose of the gospel that saves people, uh, even, even when we don't even see it happening, even when we might not even know. Um, yeah, so God, break our hearts and uh, show us this unity and uh, let it be magical and alive and let the power of the gospel uh, be seen in us. So he probably sings in Jesus' name.